0: And for the world at large let's begin hi everyone thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode today i'm going to be discussing self-care versus selfish care now i find this to be an extremely important topic because there are many people who struggle with self-care And there are also many people who neglect themselves completely. There are those who are entirely self-absorbed. So there's an important nuance to pay attention to. You know, are you self-caring? Are you taking care of yourself? Or are you just being selfish and neglecting your responsibilities towards other people in your life? So at the core of it, self-care is about fulfilling your specific personal needs with the correct quality and quantity that you need to feel fulfilled. It's about being selfish but in a healthy way. Ultimately, putting yourself first and making sure that you're filled up, that your cup is filled. And then it is self-focused, so it's about you. It's paying attention to your own self, listening to your intuition and, and what you need, listening to your body, to your spirit, tell you what are the emotional, physical, spiritual nutrients that will fill you up. Now, selfish care is more about neglecting responsibility towards others for personal needs. It lacks empathy and attunement uh, and care and compassion towards others in your life who, whose needs you are responsible for. So it is a very subtle difference, and I, and I want to talk about sort of how subtle it is, and what how we differentiate between when something becomes uh, selfish uh, or when it's in fact healthy self-care. So it is a balance. When you're in a relationship with somebody else, there's it, it, it always going to be this this awkward, uncomfortable. Uh, hopefully, we you know communication can bridge that gap. There's going to be the balance between. Identifying your own personal needs, maintaining a sense of self and a sense of independence and caring for that sense of self and also uh, being able to relate to other people and meet their needs and, and, and sustain and maintain a healthy balance and relationship with another person or however many people are in your life. So it's important to understand it's not black and white there is an essence there is a sense of continuously uh balancing sometimes you'll lean towards self-care sometimes it'll be caring for other people and it really depends on the context and it also really depends on priorities so to just identify how uh, confusing it can be and and draw that line in the sand between selfish and self-care Perhaps your partner needs to go to the hospital, right? Let's say they, God forbid, they broke their arm and they're desperate to need to go to the hospital. But you also have your self-care need of, of, let's say, going for a jog, right? So in that instance, if you're putting yourself first in that, you know, you can technically say, oh, I'm self-caring and I'm I'm running, I'm going for a jog and I'm exercising, I'm maintaining my health. But ultimately, you're neglecting your responsibility to your partner uh, who uh, has a broken arm and needs your immediate help. So again, it's very tricky. And, and oftentimes, this is where communication is a necessary thing because relationships where there's too much selfishness uh don't have enough interconnection ultimately they break down or or too much caring for the other partner and there's both there's self neglect there's neglecting of yourself now when it comes to codependence codependence struggle with self-care uh, immensely, mostly for a couple different reasons, but mostly because they don't believe that they're worthy of taking care of themselves. Usually, because in childhood they were forced to neglect their own needs, and they learn to self-neglect. Uh, and and oftentimes they feel guilt and shame for for putting themselves first and 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 meeting their own needs. And maybe they don't even feel like they have a right to meet their own needs. So in that instance, what they'll oftentimes do is become people pleasers or overgivers or absorb themselves in the needs of others to a detriment. So that doesn't solve the problem because ultimately there's no self-care, uh, and you can feel like you're being altruistic or selfless, but at the end. that that leads to resentment and it leads to losing yourself because you're not really even paying attention to your own needs. So from that, based on that, we can see how important it is to have self-care but on the spectrum when it comes to let's say a narcissist on the other extreme they're entirely self-absorbed they're not nurturing their partner or the relationship in fact the, the partner is probably serving them too so the whole relationship is just to serve the narcissistic perpetrator and, and so there you have too much selfishness right too much focus on oneself and, and, and too much focusing on the one person in the relationship uh, and to the, to the detriment of the others so I want to point out that when it comes to narcissists, you know, they're actually not self-caring. Uh, this is where you might deceive, deceptively believe that a narcissist is actually just focused on themselves, and they're incredibly self-caring and they're all absorbed in them in, in taking care of themselves. In fact, they oftentimes don't even really have a self. Uh, they usually have our self-avoidance. So when they're self-caring, it's actually just self-soothing and it's really self-absorption uh, to try to soothe their inner emptiness and vacancy. And they don't have a self. So whatever they give themselves just kind of doesn't, doesn't fill up their vessel because in essence, they don't have a vessel or they have a broken vessel. Uh, so that's not self-care either, even when they are over giving so, uh, uh, to themselves. And, and and just an important nuance there, because we may think, oh, well, the narcissist is doing it right. They're, they're so focused on themselves. Well, actually, that's not even self-care. There's no self-care because there's no self. You have to have a self in, in order to take care of that self. So just an important nuance there. So narcissists and codependents actually have something in common in this way. They're both lacking a true, healthy sense of self, and therefore they're not really nurturing that sense of self. They most usually both have childhood unmet needs and are going about their uh, day and their relationship pattern in, in attempts to meet those unmet needs in maladaptive ways. So as a result, uh, it ends up being an addiction and it becomes self-destructive. So the codependent, let's say they're avoiding themselves, but actually they're, they're avoiding themselves so they can sacrifice themselves entirely to the other person and then hopefully get their unmet childhood need. the other person ultimately it doesn't happen like that it doesn't work because you cannot get unmet childhood needs through somebody else so that's where the codependent is self-avoidant the narcissistic perpetrator is uh is self-avoidant because ultimately they're trying to just be self-centered and and, and selfish to try to get their unmet needs maybe attention or, or affection or love and that doesn't work because again they cannot get those unmet needs met through their partner or just by being selfish because ultimately uh that's not what meeting unmet childhood needs is it's about a healthy dose it's about developing a sense of self. So again, similarities between the two. Obviously there's a narcissist who is a perpetrator and exploitive and the codependent who is is trying to people please, but they're both in, unconsciously doing the very same thing. They are not self-caring because ultimately they're self-avoiding. So, the way I see addiction is very similar to this idea where we're trying to meet a need, but it's Maladaptive. So let's say an alcoholic, right? What they're trying to do is they're trying to meet their need for, let's say, connection or affection or love through the alcohol. Now, that is not the right ingredient. It's not the right uh, amount. And ultimately, it's not going to meet the need. It might soothe the need. It might feel like they're meeting the need for a short period of time. But after a while, eventually they're left empty and, and they feel, you know, gross. They feel shame, and they feel uh, just in essence, they start to self-destruct. So too much of anything or not enough of the right thing, uh, in essence, becomes toxic, becomes an addiction. So someone who's an addict, you know, someone who's trying to meet their unmet needs, whether it's from childhood or adulthood for affection, love, connection, attention, you name it, uh, in essence, while that might seem like self-care because they they feel like they're they're meeting that need, ultimately, it's it's actually self-avoidance. Again, it's not meeting that need. It's not self-care. So like I mentioned a little bit earlier, in order to self-care, you have to have a self to take care of. So before anything, you have to develop a relationship with yourself where you are self-nurturing and ultimately build internally a sense of self. So before there's self-care, there's having a sense of self. You know, self-care is not self-avoidance. It's very self-focused. Like I mentioned, it's a healthy sense of selfishness. It's saying that I deserve to put myself first and meet my needs. I'm worthy. And not only worthy, I'm actually responsible because nobody else can do that. And even when somebody else is meeting my need, I'm teaching them how to meet my needs. So I first have to know how to meet my own needs. And that's why developing this relationship with yourself, where you learn about yourself, you develop a self, you have a self, and then you meet those needs by yourself. Then you can ultimately connect with somebody else and teach them how to meet that need uh, to help you connect with that person. And it's realizing, you know, no one's coming to save you. Uh, no one's coming to take care of you. Uh, you have a responsibility, as each person does to themselves, to, to build that sense of self and to ultimately meet those needs inwardly. It's our responsibility to identify you know, what our needs are, if it's a childhood need, to, to meet that need to our inner, with our inner child, develop a relationship with our inner child, communicate with that inner child, and then learn about what the unmet needs were uh, to meet them by ourselves, you know, not through other people. Nobody else can do that for you. The way I see self-care, self-care is a radical act of self-love. It's confirming a belief that I'm worthy of time, of attention, of putting myself first and meeting my needs. Uh, Now, this is something very difficult if you have, let's say, core beliefs that say I'm I'm unworthy or I'm unlovable or I don't deserve to put myself first and have needs, uh, obviously stemming from childhood where you were treated as an afterthought. Your needs were neglected and you felt shame about having needs. You felt shame about expressing those needs, right? So it's important to face those beliefs face those patterns of self avoidance realize where they come from and really break down these resistances these defenses that 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 separates you from yourself be vulnerable with yourself with that child self and then ultimately communicate with that child self meet those needs this can only happen when there is a belief system, a core belief system that aligns with self-care. When you don't have those beliefs, when you have toxic beliefs or, or lies that you have uh, ingested uh, about self-care, you know, that it's selfish, and ultimately that's going to create resistance and it's cre- going to create a defense mechanisms. It's going to create avoidance because you're going to feel guilty, right? So you don't want to feel guilty, so then you won't self-care, so you don't have to feel the guilt. So it's important to work through that internal stuff. You know, these core beliefs, they become barriers, uh, they become resistances, they become uh, ways in which we run away from ourselves. So it's important to, again, also work through the emotions and the attitudes about self-care that we adopted and absorbed early on. Now, it's not until we learn how to take care of ourselves and meet our own needs that we will be able to reach out and connect with somebody else and, and meet them with another person. And that's why this relationship with yourself, I mean, I can't say it enough, it's so important to learn about yourself, learn about your needs that were unmet and really develop a strong sense, a healthy sense of self so that you'll be able to connect with another person who hopefully they have a sense of self. And by doing that, you'll be able to connect by meeting each other's needs. And really, that's what creates fulfillment. That's what we're going for. If you want connection, you you have needs and helping each other meet each other's needs could be a powerful way of creating interconnection as opposed to unmet childhood needs. Uh, You attract these relationships where you're trying to control the other person or you're trying to fawn response, be codependent so you can people-please and get your needs met through them. And it just becomes a breakdown. Uh, There's usually a lack of healthy communication, self-awareness, so all those things are important before we have a relationship A healthy intimate relationship with another person. I want to finish off with a quote. This is by Hillel the Elder, one of my favorite quotes of all time. If I am not for myself, who will be for me? And if I am for myself alone, then who am I? And this points to the relationship where a codependent is just not for themselves, and they're just only for the other person. And then ultimately they have the question of who will be for them, who's going to take care of them. And then the narcissistic perpetrator is uh, in essence, the other statement where it's, if I'm only for myself, who am I? How can I connect with another person? How can I have a relationship where I'm only about myself and ultimately you cannot? We need this balance where we are for ourselves. We have a sense of independence. We have a sense of autonomy, but we also have connection with another person and can't say it enough. Communication is the key. Because if you can communicate and identify what is important to the other person, what's important to you, and then be able to, in those instances where, let's say, God forbid, your partner has a broken arm and and, and you, or something like that, it's extremely important to them. When they communicate that to you, you respond in kind, as opposed to say, "Hey, listen, you know, I have my routine, I have my 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 self-care that I have to focus on, and I need to all be be all about myself." You develop that value system and, and be able to communicate that towards each other. That really is what brings people together as opposed to uh, resentments and, and pulling people apart. So if you are struggling to first have a sense of self and then ultimately meet the needs of that self, and if you are either self avoidant, you just run away from yourself because you were taught that's the way to survive, right? You just Sacrifice to the other person, and and hopefully, one day they'll come along and meet your needs for you, which ultimately doesn't happen. That's just a toxic relationship pattern. Or if you're narcissistic and you find yourself just being all about yourself, trying to self care and trying to just focus on yourself, but ultimately never being able to because you may not know who you are or you may not have a sense of self, please reach out and allow me to help you build that sense of self and then learn how to respect and meet the needs of that self so you can fill yourself up first and fill yourself up so that you can then ultimately give from a full cup as opposed to being empty and trying to give, which ultimately leaves you more frustrated, more resentful, and it breaks down. So I'd be more than happy to assist you on a healing journey. Please do reach out and discuss how I can be of service to you on that healing journey. My email is yitz, Y-I-T-Z, at magnoliahealingcenter.com. You can reach me by phone, 818-210-6049. Thank you all so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.